0: Hi everyone and welcome to the new edition of My Inspiration, a podcast series from HMV in which we give musicians, actors, filmmakers and producers the chance to take a welcome break from talking about themselves and instead talk about their greatest inspiration. I'm your host Tom Goodman, and I'm delighted to welcome you to our latest episode. Our guest today is Luke Pritchard who will be best known to you as frontman of the kooks A graduate of the Brit School, the tame talent factory that produced the likes of Adele, Kate Tempest, and Amy Winehouse, Pritchard formed the Kooks fresh out of school in 2004. The band had only been a-going concern for four months when they were snapped up by major label Virgin Records. After a burst of touring, the band wrote and recorded their debut album, Inside In and Inside Out in 2005, releasing it at the start of the following year. Boosted by mega-hits Naive and She Moves in Her Own Way, the album was a huge success and went on to sell over two million copies. In the years since the band have maintained their devoted fan base while experimenting with their sound and deviating from the indie twang of their debut record 2011's the junk of the heart saw the band bringing in folk influences while 2014's listen made with producer inflow was an experimental collection inspired by jazz and hip-hop pritchard's latest project is in another genre altogether he's formed duo with his wife ellie rose and the pair have made an album inspired by lackadaisical french pop and chamber music we chatted to luke about duo Making a record with his other half, his plans for the next Coop record, and his inspiration.
1: Hello. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you?
0: Yeah, not too bad. How's everything? All right?
1: Uh, Yeah, fine. Just you know, doom and gloom. Yeah. Of the world, but um, no, things good, man. Um we're just um making lots of music and keeping trying to keep um you know, keep busy. And uh been nice to have the project out uh with duo over the last week. So lot lot of work man. Yeah, sure.
0: So I mean, how did this project kind of come about? I mean, is it just a case of someone hears the other one making a song and then they think, Oh, I could do that or is it a more planned yeah.
1: project? It, yeah it's kind of, yeah it's very loose um <laughs> i think I, I yeah we we started out because obviously both songwriters and we enjoy doing it so like a holiday for us was um uh booking a studio and just seeing what happened um and we just happened to have i think quite good chemistry um it even surprised me that like <laughs> we came out of great tunes you know because we honestly we just went to kind of just uh, have a few drinks in the studio and see what happened. Um, So it's very natural, but it's blossomed into something really cool. And I mean, Ellie, you know, she's just such an incredible songwriter. It's been great. I've learned a lot, you know, and I, it's been fun for me. It's like, I do a lot of the music and Ellie kind of with, she's very into um, conceptualizing and the lyrics more. And it was, it was, it was good. It was, um, we kind of both had our roles and, um Hopefully, uh the product that we came out with was good. Yeah. We you wary of it? Products are funny word for it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah.
1: We you wary of yeah. it? I mean, it's
0: to We a, a relationships.
1: What like working together?
0: Yeah, I mean, a relationship's one dynamic, and then you add a professional mm. element, and it does change it potentially.
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of wasn't man. I'm pretty. I'm pretty loose. Like, I I think if if we're pretty strong with stuff like if, if we started to argue about it we would have just said let's not bother you know we're pretty chill and um it was always like no pressure about doing it we never even thought we would release a record you know it came very late kind of in lockdown actually because we didn't have any plans to do an album we just we just had these songs and we went to our friends and they said they were good and then here we are but um so, so no, no, I wasn't really, really wary. I mean, everyone said that to me, man. Everyone was like, you know, you can't like work with your, your fiancé. You're going to um, break up. But, I mean, we're here and still good. And I, I think, actually, in a, in a funny way, I, I think it's very healthy for people in relationships to work together. I really believe that. And I've, like, learned that. I've seen a lot of people, you know, a lot of the older couples that I know uh, namely like Ellie's parents or, um, uh, the Pauls, who are good friends of mine who they, they do, have done some Kooks videos and that and they're, they've been married for years and they work together. And I think, I think there was something, um, you know, bond, uh, it's a bigger bond than anything. Um, when you can make music and, and you, and you can work and live together. So, yeah.
0: How did the kind of writing and recording compare to, cause obviously you been in lots of different studio scenarios with in a band mm. and in various cases. How does it compare? Mm. to them?
1: It's quite different, um, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I get shouted at a lot more <laughs> with <laughs> Elle. She's quite. I mean, you know, she it, it. It was different, and it was a lot. You know, I'm in my my little room here. I just, got, you know, it's a lot of it. Um, was me just at the computer and and and, and with the the. The, the piano and the synths and the guitars and um, layering, you know, sounds. We, we spent not that long in the studio. Um, so Ellie kind of, you know, she pops in, pops out, um, you know, she comes, does a vocal take, and then she'll go. So, it, it, it you know, it, it, it very, very different to the Cougs. Um and quite refreshing in that respect. Um, and, and, yeah, like, everything was done, like, a lot of stuff was done remotely. Um, we were kind of forced to do that, but, you know, we had all the string arrangements were done in Vienna, and um, we had, you know, a couple of drum sessions, but it was, um, a lot of it was just home recordings, man, you know, Um, so, yeah, quite different. The Kooks would be more, yeah, like in the room playing together.
0: And, um, I mean, it's very different sonically in terms of its influence pattern and Mm. where the kind of inspiration comes from. Um, is that stuff mm. you've listened to all your life, or a recent discovery? I mean, um, where does that kind of come
1: in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's, I, it's I've always wanted to make a record like this, to be honest. And so, and so is Elle. You know, we kind of, again, when we met, you know, it's all the um, a lot, a lot of the the French music we both loved. We talked about, and um, you know, the kind of New Wave cinema and things like this that we kind of shed a kind of love for. But I've all I'd always wanted to do that kind of record, and I, I and so yeah um it, it, it yeah it was on the list man i just I, I don't know i didn't think i'd do it so soon in a way it's 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 a quite a big undertaking in a way it's you know it's classic songwriting and and we're trying to um also push it as well into 2020 so it. it but but yeah um influence wise it's always been there man you know um i i that's that's the music that i you know that uh, I've I got why I got into a band for why I got into music for, and especially with the Kooks, which is kind of funny I think because you know it's like when I met the Kooks, um, I remember so distinctly because I you know I was all like Serge Gainsbourg and Dylan and like you know all this kind of like very 60s stuff, and then the the great thing with the Kooks was that it was when Paul Garrett on the drums was like I only listen to the Police and like Tears for Fears, you know, and and Hugh's like uh, you know Hugh listened to like um, system of a down and like so it was like you know it was a good melting pot whereas this so this record for me has been really nice to like hone in on that that particular style of music that I love and I always have loved yeah yeah are you kind of gutted you can't take it out live at least for the moment yeah well yeah but yeah I am but I, I'm I'm kind of an optimist I'm trying to be optimistic in the sense that I think um it's probably been quite good for us and obviously um there's no choice so you just get on with it but i think i think it's good for us to to leave a bit of time it's so new it would have been great we would have loved to do it but maybe maybe it's good you know we let the music percolate let people find it hear it um and and i don't know i mean we we don't know what's around the corner man um if people like it in a couple of years, you know, maybe we'll do some shows. But this was, you know, it's a very personal kind of record. We, we weren't the whole time. Another diff, big difference with the Kooks is like a lot of the time when I'm writing with the band in mind, I, I'm thinking like the kind of live thing, and you want like a lot of energy, and you want it's that's that's what the Kooks is all about. Whereas this album is definitely like a listener's album. I think it's much more like to to be on record. So uh and ellie you know it, it, i don't know we 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 would do it. i mean we probably do it as, as some kind of uh you know uh performance arty thing you know maybe we mime with our whole thing is we're trying to bring back the days of miming basically so 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 you know playing a show isn't in keeping <laughs> yeah. so we're, we're fine basically yeah sure
0: and how are things with the kooks yeah. i mean the Obviously, you mm. can't tour, even if you might have had a summer full of festivals. I mean, are you kind of writing new material? Yeah. Are you taking a complete break? I mean, how are things?
1: Things are great. Um, like, kind of better than ever, really. It, it's, it's, you know, we're kind of, you know, biggest shows we've ever done, best numbers we've ever had, you know. It, it's kind of amazing what's happened um, over the past few years. I think we had a, a good, you know, you, you have these ebbs and flows, but... Within the band, things are really good. Um, Hugh, Hugh just put out a solo record as well. So it's been, you know, I think this is the thing we're kind of using this time as a kind of forced sabbatical break to like do some of the things we probably have wanted to do for a while. So, um, but in the meantime, I mean, you know, um, we're, I don't know, we're probably, probably like three quarters of the way through the new album. So the Koops album's nearly ready to go. Um, super exciting. We pushed back the single quite a lot because of coronavirus. Because, like, you know, I again, I just feel like the Kooks is so a live thing. It's such a live, such a big part of what we are. I, I think we all felt we wanted to really wait until we can perform to put out the new music. Um, but no, things are really good, man. Thanks for asking. You know, it's it's it's. Um, brilliant and the boys played on the geo record you know they came down and played on one of the songs in fact alexis actually uh played on quite you know quite a few my my drumming is not very good so i tried but um uh but no it's really good and we're, we're, the new music's i think really coming along man it's it's it's, it's fresh
0: there are, th- there are three of you now so i mean does that change the dynamic at all? Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a lot better. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's no, it's good. I mean, we the, the dynamic is very strong. I mean, I think in bands um, sometimes these things have to happen, you know. And I think if we didn't do what we've done, you know, things um, wouldn't progress in the right way. You know, the music is the kind of the music is the the king in the end of the day, and uh, and I think it's brought. uh, it being just the three of us has really brought like a new energy to the band. And I mean, honestly, I'm very, I'm very excited for people to hear the new stuff. Um, so, so yeah, but, um, then there were three. Yeah. yeah. See where we go.
0: I mean, obviously in the studio, you know, you can do a lot. You're obviously very technically capable. It doesn't matter yeah. much. Had you started thinking about what you might do in a live context and what you bring out, but well, I guess you don't have to.
1: Yeah. Well, no, it's all about chemistry. I mean, we, we have, we've already done shows. We have, um, we have we have a bass player who uh called pete randall who's who's playing with us um he may or may not fully join um he he previously you know he he played with michael kiwanuka which is how we know him and and adele so i'm kind of a bit worried adele's gonna like go hey what's up like (laughs) if we're going on tour for like two years now um but he's been brilliant and you know we we've been careful to not like announce him officially and stuff like that because we're just we're just seeing how it goes, but um, it's been brilliant, and he's amazing, and it will be a full piece that people will come see. Essentially, that's what I'm saying. Um, uh, so yeah, we're not. We're not. You know, there's always this thing in the modern world. You know, it's like it's it's so exciting. There's so much great stuff you can do, and you know, you obviously you can put things. Uh, on the backing track, but fundamentally, the Kooks is always—it's uh, about playing live music. So it would—it would be, I'd, I think, it would be impossible for us to do it as a three-piece live. Definitely. Yeah, it's
0: a strange thing, isn't it? I remember like speaking to Feeder about it, and they share a drummer with Robbie Williams. So, yeah. it doesn't matter how much work you do, if he picks up the phone, exactly. And, like, you want to go on tour and uh, yeah. you know, play Wembley Stadium?
1: It's quite difficult to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I know I, I know. I remember that. I met that guy in, um in a, in a, in an airport lounge in like Buenos Aires, that guy can drink, man. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, good guy. Cool. Um, so yeah, no things. The things are great. Things are good. So obviously we got you on today to
0: talk inspiration, and do you want to tell us you've mm. chosen?
1: Well, yeah, I've chosen. So I I was really thinking about it because um, you know there's a lot of people who um, made me want to be in a band and <clears throat> play and. Um, musically, I, I, I was instantly thinking like Bob Dylan because Bob Dylan's like, from when I was like 13, was like my hero. Um, but obviously he was taken. So, But um, but actually then I thought about it and I chose The Doors, who, who probably, it's probably the band um, that got me into rock and roll, like for sure, man. And um, pro, pro, possibly, I like, it's just funny when you have to think about these things and really confront it. And I was like, they possibly... Uh, that that music probably had the biggest impact on me in the most important time uh, of my musical sort of journey, and so um, it was really a pleasure to talk about them. And like it's been great, man. The past few days, like I, I listen to the Doors, you know, all the time. But like I've spent like three days just like blasting the Doors, and it's it's a world, man. It's a whole world. It's great.
0: How did you first discover them? I mean, were they given to you by someone? Did you hear it on the radio? Where did it kind of come from?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've, I always, I knew who Jim Morrison was. I knew the, the story. Um, I probably would have heard, heard stuff, but it definitely wasn't at home. Like my, my, my dad, my, my dad passed away when I was a kid, but one of the things he left me was his record collection. And he had like a big record collection. I'm talking like 8,000 vinyls, something like that. Um, and, but it was all like country music, blues, but like, uh, you know, it, it, Delta blues. It wasn't like, there was barely any rock and roll. Um, it was, it, you know, he had the Beatles and these and Beach Boys, but it, uh, the Doors didn't really get a look in. Um, so it was, it was a lot later, really, I discovered them. It was probably when I was like, in my first band, called The Basement Band, because um, we used to rehearse in the basement, obviously. Um, and i i think i, I mean it's probably it, it <clears throat> i can't remember exactly but i think it was la woman so the their last record together um like lo- the first time i remember really loving was love her madly um and we used to just in in the um it was my friend's flat that i was in a band with and we just um we would just play that song over and over and over you know um and and then the film, obviously, which uh, I was like, slightly watched religiously for a while. Um, in hindsight, you know, maybe not, not the greatest depiction of Jim Morrison, which we will get into, I'm sure. But um, but really, yeah, it was an L.A. woman. Um, and when I was probably like 16, and I started a band.
0: Yeah. I mean, from the kind of early Kooks interviews and the way you were talking about things, all the influences you brought up hmm. were 60s, 70s. There's nothing yeah. contemporary. Was that just yeah. how things worked out? And kind of what it drew you? To- <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, is it just that <clears throat> that's the sort of sound that really pre ears rather than the sort of the things that were mm. going on at the time?
1: I I just have that thing that kind of um, I I kind of always felt like I was in the wrong era, and I think it's quite a, a kind of. Um, there's, I think there's actually a cycle. Psych- there's a, a word for it in psychology, and it's. um potentially, like, it's quite a depressing thing. But I always, I don't know why. I, I mean, if I was to be analytical, I think, you know, I, I mean, I could say, you know, it was, it it, it represented a lot for me, like, with my dad and, and things like that. Um, but I think I just love the sound. I just think that, that I love the sound of those records. And I think something was really going on. And I think a big part of when, like, when I discovered The Doors, it wasn't just like other music i discovered it there's it, it a reason why he had such an impact and i say he because it was a lot of what he said but also the, the music and the the voodoo and the hypnosis of that the doors is there's a time in your life you know when you're you kind of 16 17 and and you start questioning stuff you start questioning reality you start questioning what's going on society and you know jim morrison maybe you know he's a bit of a clown and stuff like that but you know, he did. There's something in that era where they 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 were really trying to trying to um, confront that, and I think that's why the teenagers then why it was such a movement. And, um, and 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 I guess you you could there's no denying you know there's versions of that in, in more modern world and in the 90s. There was, I mean, hey, man, amazing music all the time, but there's something about that era where it was just. Um, there was something really new man it was like a, it was something explosive and new and, and fresh and it hasn't been replicated and it can't be you know
0: yeah i mean it's quite a specific year isn't it because the doors is it's all mm. some very short condensed period of time by the name yeah what happened to jim morrison you know about yeah. 65 it's over by 73
1: five years yeah. all
0: pre-punk mm. you know, that hasn't happened mm. yet Zeppelin are
1: exactly still
0: sort of becoming the juggernaut they are. So it's quite a yeah, period yeah. of time, but pro- tremendously exciting. Like so much of the kind of what we so regard much. as, you know, iconic rock and roll is all in that period.
1: And and the, the, how fluid it was, how how much it moved, uh, it, it's wild. Um, and a lot of the a lot of, a lot of the Doors records, uh, you know, sound ahead of their time, you know some of those groove records sound 70s you know late 70s it's mad um but but anyway yeah in that time particularly in music just what happened um yeah i mean it was so quick and it was amazing you know just one wonderful music wonderful music
0: but it's also the sheer productivity of it i mean <laughs> yeah like it, yeah it's, but now you really get
1: told <laughs> But the problem is now you, t- you you can't, you know, album cycles are so uh, ingrained um, now where it's even, I mean, I-, I think one of the exciting things now in very modern times is I think it's going a bit back to the 60s because there is a real move to, you know, especially in pop music actually, which I think is really exciting. It's like people put stuff out so quick. I think um, people in like off off sort of end of the music industry should learn from it a little bit. I'm trying, but we're still in this kind of album thing. And but but people are moved. You know, you can put out records so quick. And I think that um, yeah, geez, man, you look. I mean, look at those guys. They were album a year. You know, sometimes eighteen months. They 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 do two albums. It's crazy. It was like like uh, uh, Pepper's Lonely Hearts Man. Like that was considered an insanely long recording period. And that was six months or something. Like not even that, people called, at the time thought they were crazy and you know, it, it's mad.
0: I mean, do you think it's, I mean, cause obviously the other thing that it gives you, especially with a band like The Doors, mm. so you do get these quite yeah. specific sonic sounds and cause obviously that's the yeah. mood they were in and it lasted for that period of time. And then you move mm. on.
1: I think the thing is, it's, it's a little bit, I don't know if you ever read like, uh, you know, How Music Works, David Byrne, you know, um, or like, um, if you see like, uh, there's this references to it. I, it's people get what kind. Of, it's also determined by the people. So it's like, what do the people want? And it's like at that time, the people, the, the pop pop, the public were trying. They they wanted music that was going to transcend them, you know. And it was to do with the drugs. It was to do with the politics. It was to do with the war. You know, there were, there was so much that was that music needed to be there. And it's a it's a kind of weird symbiosis, you know. Um, and if you were to relate it to now, it's um, I think it's a, it, it, it's becoming a struggle for music to break through because um, music has been relegated a little bit. I'm not saying that won't change, but it feels like that that's the thing. Music is kind of made for adverts now. You know what I mean? It's like kind of gotten. And I I think even if you look at like you know house music things like that that happened, that was a real moment of, of escapism, of freedom. You know. Uh, that will happen again just saying this this particular period I love and I think um, the psychedelic side of it uh, I really I I really got off on it you know when I was when I was kind of coming of age or whatever you know I just loved all the sounds and I loved all the trippiness and and the fact that it was this transcendent thing and you're trying to reach something that you can't touch loved that you know
0: so having obviously made the discovery and played, you know, LA woman and things like that, did you immediately rinse mm. the back catalogue or was it a bit slower than that?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, really, yeah, I did. I mean, I, I, I got pretty obsessive, um, read a few books. Mm. Um, I live, I lived it a little bit, you know what I mean? Like when I, basically when I moved to Brighton, um, so the original bass player, Max Rafferty um, was, he was he was very like Jim Morrison, like his kind of personality. He was a very like he was a bit like Jim. I looked more like Jim, but he acted more like Jim, you know. Uh, and we and we did it, you know. It was like you know um, we listened to it all the time. Then yeah, I, I went through it all. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I I, I love all, I love all their records basically. I, yeah, I, I read a, a, a great book, which I'd recommend anyone who, who likes The Doors to read, um, called Wonderland Avenue. I don't know if you, you read it. It's Danny Sugarman. Uh, that was quite a big influence on me. I mean, I bear in mind, I'm like 18 or something. and um, Danny Sugarman was was about sort of 12 years old when he met Jim Morrison, and he just wanted to be like a roadie. And then Jim sort of took him under his wing. He ended up being friends with friends with them for years he ended up managing e-pop and then he managed the doors after jim left and did uh, uh, his american poetry um american prayer rather um so really good book really interesting so yeah i got quite obsessive i would say yeah a lot of jack daniels yeah
0: it's a lot to dig into isn't it because i think that's all people think mm. of really is the excess
1: yeah they they do and and i think that's sad because really up until he discovered cocaine you know he was pretty as far as what you know i've gathered and hey the 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 problem is everyone has a different side of the story but until he discovered cocaine he, he he was a very gentle very generous guy you know and um looked after people and there's so many stories of of that and and how how inspiring he was and and Obviously, maybe people like that are meant to like that. Can't carry on, you know. He was, is a spark. I've experienced it in my own life. People like that, you know. Um, it's it's tricky to watch. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. People just they think of Jim Morrison. They think of him down the bottle, down the end of a bottle of bottle of whiskey, and and you know. Uh, pissing against the bar, but...
0: Or way, that out, or way out in the desert on Peyote, that was the other big thing, wasn't well, it? Well, that's better, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But, in the end of the day, whatever people think, you know, his music is... I guess it it ebbs and flows, but, his, you know, his music is as good as it's ever been, man. It's it, You put it on and it's a whole world. I mean, how many artists are like that? It's so unique. It's a complete world. It, it, it you know, whether you... Whether you're into what he's saying or not, his poetry is beautiful, and it's righteous, essentially. But it's the, there's some the religion around it as well that confuses. It's like you know, it's it, it's like there is a churchy churchy element to the doors as well. Anyway, sorry, I'm running on. No, no, apologies. I mean,
0: like um, poetry's obviously always been very important to you in general. I remember in the early interviews with the Kooks, it was you were one of the few bands to talk about actually, you know, mm. reading it and the effect it had on lyrics rather than mm. just being very hotel rooms and what we saw last week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, it definitely. I'm definitely into the, the freedom of imagery, you know what I mean? In, in the sense that I think that there is, you know, there's, a, there's an artistic right, essentially, where... Um, I think again, Jim Morrison, some people would say super pretentious, but there's, there is no better way in my opinion to express poetry than music. It's just, there's a beautiful relationship there. I mean, I, yeah, I try. I mean, I, I I do. I, 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 but then having said all that, um, in the end of the day, it's, it's vibe as well. You know, I don't, I, I, I personally don't sit and write poems then put them to music I'm a bit more instinctual but I have a lot of respect for it and I and I and I read it and try and let it go in and and help the, the beauty you know I love the beauty of words.
0: Knowing as much as you know about Jim Morrison how do you think he would have aged had he been allowed to
1: grow old what sort of arts do you think he might have? Yeah <clears throat> it's a really interesting question you, you kind of got a feeling like he in my I, I feel like he he was get getting it together and that sounds a bit strange to say but the fact that you know, Soft Parade was not their best work, and um, they had some rocky years. And then, they, you know, the last album that they did together, LA Woman, was I think personally their best record. I don't know. I mean, it's bollocks thing to say, but I love that record. I mean, what a comeback! It took after everyone saying to you like you're done. Um, and I and I really also liked the, you know the American Prayer album. Um, and I don't I don't know. I I I just think he if he got through that that period it i think he would have gone on a totally different path i think he would have probably written a lot i think he would have he i I, but I, but I have the feeling he he had the sensitivity and he had the creativity to have kind of got rid of that image you know what i mean you know he had he had demons and it's 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 really sad that that it came to that because I mean, I don't know, it depends. Maybe he was self destructive maybe that's what he wanted. But, um, but I think he would have produced some more amazing work, I really do. But whether he could have been happy, which is a big part of it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the point. Maybe he wanted out, you know. Not everyone wants to be here. The image
0: of all that youth and beauty and the kind of complete yeah. excess, you know. Yeah. Afterwards, it, you know, building a new career after all that's gone, mm. quite difficult. And you know, yeah, the people who true. you, you imagine—it's quite difficult to imagine an old John Lennon. It's quite difficult to imagine an old, yeah. Lennon, you know. But you know, if things go a bit differently, you have to. You yeah, need yeah, to
1: do it. And then there's Morrissey. So it's difficult. To... <laughs> <laughs> I like Morrissey in his old age. I enjoy him immensely. It's really sad. I think you know, being to be honest, that level of fame. I mean, I, I you don't you almost wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy to be honest. I mean, just look at anyone who's been that famous. It's, uh, yeah. I think it's a certain personality type as well. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if you're Paul McCartney, you know, he's a genius at it because he, I don't know, he, it's a personality type. But Jim, well, I, I talk about him like I know him. Jim. Yeah. Um, aside from all the, the kind of more sh- shamanic kind of spiritualism around his where maybe he he always knew he was gonna die, and he does lace his music with these kind of uh, Easter eggs and things. but aside from all that, um imagine going through that. I mean he, you know he's, I mean being that adored, that good looking that guy, I mean that is crazy. like not many people know how that feels, and he, he and I don't I mean there's a lot to that, to me, when I think about what happened and why he's, you know, why he's doing what he did and why why he got to that point.
0: What do you think the chance of a band like that or a person like
1: that existing in the modern era? It's
0: difficult to imagine these- Totally tri- possible. Yeah.
1: Sorry, yeah, no, it's difficult to imagine. I think, to- I mean, I think totally possible, personally. I think the world's well, crying out for it, to be honest. I mean, I, th- I think there's, I mean, it's amazing. There are people, um, I, th- I think, well, hopefully it won't be, to the point where people aren't looked after as well, I think Jim, Jim Morrison was very hard. I mean, even you know he's going to Elektra Records <laughs> and he's like smashing stuff and he's beating. You know, he's he, he, he's very difficult for people to look after. But in a way, we have. I mean, Kanye West to me is is like the new Jim Morrison. I think because you know it, it, you know I went to see Kanye and I, I I do really like his music, but I you know he did this thirty minute rant. This was quite a while ago. This was—it was in the papers. He did this kind of—it was one of the first, you know, big rants he did. And I, honestly, the first thing I thought was like, it's like Jim Morrison. I was like, because he's just so. Because it's like you need performance art. You need people, and it—it it is a bit cabaret. It's a bit ego, but it's—you know—I—I I, I think we we do have a few people like it, but it's in a different way. Um,
0: it's not rehearsed, though, is it? Which I guess is the key thing with Kanye. West. I remember going to see him. Yeah. Four or five years on now, and thinking like I've got no so idea what's gonna happen next. And, that exactly, yeah. relatively, and that's relatively you, you never get the sense that they planned it before, and there's a guy with the lighting cues going, the rant's finishing in five minutes now. No
1: way. No way, it's like it's like the doors, man. It's like it's like the, the, the fucking crew members are there going like, oh not again. <laughs> you know what I mean? His manager's like, no, kind it. of but it's it's a thing, it's it's and it's whether 90% of it is just performance art and a bit crazy, but like 10% of it, you go this guy like is talking some truth and i think that's exciting and and jim morrison yeah i mean he could be a prick but you know he he i mean i there's a few people i would have liked to have seen live uh, you know probably for the top spot it's either pomali or jim morrison uh and the doors and, and, and let's not forget the doors by the way i need to actually say that because it's it's really terrible because jim morrison always like takes the headlines because he and his live performances and stuff. But I mean the doors as a band, I mean that is I mean spiritual music, man. <laughs> it's like Ray Zurich man. Like it's just I mean Robbie Krieg is guitar playing one of my all time favourite guitar players. And he doesn't do a lot. It's just fucking stunning. Uh, I think as a as a show, just yeah, like you say, you wouldn't you never would know what's happening next. And yeah, it's uh, but but yeah, I, I I think I think we have don't have enough of that now for sure. I think, but but I think people still want it.
0: Why do you think that is with the Doors? I mean, when people talk about Zeppelin, they don't just talk about Robert Plant; they talk about Page, talk about Bonham, and they talk about John Paul Jones.
1: Yeah.
0: With the Doors, it's Jim Morrison. It's very yeah. rare that any of the others people can name, yeah. it, not like they can with the Beatles. Why do you think that yeah. is?
1: Uh, because he died. Where is that? And I think also because. Because of the sort of sexual sexuality of it, and the, the the you know the fact that he was so adored on a non musical level, like he wasn't it wasn't even his poetry or his music a lot you know a lot of, I mean it was his music because it was like raw as fuck, but I think that I, I don't but I don't know it's it's kind of, but then it's like the doors is also. A, Band for music it's like you know you talk to any musician and like you know i mean it's it is there's such a, a an amazing balance of jazz and and, and rock and roll and blues in, in in their music um and the orchestration i think you know is very respected but but you're right on a kind of pop culture level the doors don't <laughs> it's a shame it is a shame but i mean Maybe that's, that's what made... I mean, that it's kind of what's brilliant about The Doors, though. It's like you've got these three quite geeky guys who are like insane musicians who are like doing this furry... Even though it's, yeah, sort of, yeah, hypnotic, shamanic and uh, 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 all that stuff. But it's very tight. It's very well orchestrated. Very technically incredible. Do you know what I mean? And then you have this looseness of Jim Morrison around it. I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame. I think that, that as a band and as players... Uh, they're just phenomenal. I mean, it's just, it's like outrageous how good they were. Ray, Ray died quite recently, didn't he? Yeah, yeah a couple of years
0: ago.
1: Yeah. yeah, sad. RIP, man. He's a genius.
0: A lot of the, um, what I hope you heart back to about that particular period of recording is like, those records have got space because obviously I think yeah. by the nature yeah.
1: of,
0: you know, how difficult it was to layer guitars over guitars, you know. Yeah. There's a lot <laughs> so of and things sound enormous, partly because that's mm. the only thing that's given power. I mean, you spent a lot of time, even in your career, the way studios have worked, things have changed explanations Mm. of what you can do at home since you've been able to make this record. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, knowing what to leave out and what to give power to and what to give space to is a big part of the power of those records?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I, I definitely do. I think that that's a really good point. I think that it's, hard to do that now, and I think that um, there's a lot of elements to, to to why as well because things do change and you know you you, you can't sort of step back but um look at Billy Eilish's record for example I mean you're right it's space but I think space is you know, in a way space is space is what makes things confident is what I would say. I think it is, um, maybe partly to, yeah, obviously to the, those recordings back then. But, um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, when we've done that, you know, with the Kooks, we, you know, our first album was very few overdubs and it's, a, it is a powerful record and it sounds kind of, there, there's something to that, but, um definitely something i thought about recently you know it's funny you bring it up i talk, talk about it quite a lot to the producer and space it, it, it you're right it's very hard when you got all these toys and you got all this stuff um and they're there just creating a vibe um but that is hard to do what do you think is the kind of underrated gem what's the bit of the back catalogue that mm. people it's skip over it's a really it's a re- i found it a really hard question because firstly i kind i'm <clears throat> you know i feel like mo- almost all their music is pretty apart from soft parade is you know pretty widely known respected um i did think of putting uh, the ghost song jim morrison um from american prayer because I, I don't know if many people know it but it's basically um so jim uh, you all know this, but like Jim did a, lo- a lot of um, spoken word poetry before he died, and then the Doors uh, posthumously is that what, is that the word? But po- yeah, posthumously after he died, uh, they went on and played on, on on top of the the, the the spoken word, and I think the ghost song is like um, it's fucking amazing, and it's like he talks he, he talks about the the mythology of um, th- this story of when he was a kid and he saw this native American family who'd had a car crash and his whole thing was that they kind of entered his body and, um, it's, it's, it's heavy. And it's an amazing piece of music as well. Um, I I heard that he wanted Lalo Chiffron to do it, but, um, and it kind of has a Lalo Chiffron thing, you know, it's kind of very sort of funk jazz thing, but his poetry is amazing. So I, I think I'll choose that. I think people, I mean, a lot of people know it. I don't think it's like, but it's probably not, as widely known as their hits. Yeah. It's be a fucking weird thing to do that.
0: Like, yeah. After you like, die. Yeah. And you knew as well.
1: I mean, really, really weird. Yeah. And then you're kind of like, but yeah. You're kind of like, what if they don't like it? Yeah. And he's Especially given the life, he'd, leave. He'd, find a way to, he'd find a way to let you know. Exactly. He's like the shamans in the corner going, yeah. no, Ray. <laughs> uh but it, i mean it's amazing i mean i think they did a great job personally i really like that record i i know a lot of people do but i, I love it and yeah. the
0: ultimate masterpiece i'm guessing you're picking la woman
1: yeah well i would i mean i i was gonna i mean yeah la woman is a whole record personally um it's my favorite album of theirs i think rides on the storm like what a what a song to end your career like I say career, I fucking hate why do I say these words <clears throat> to end The Doors as an entity with Rise on the Storm I mean that is that that it's just a wild piece of music that will you know that's going to be played in 200 years man I mean it's, it's just phenomenal and poetry darkness it's so dark um, but beautiful yeah nice right, stuff well
0: luke pritchard best of luck with duo and the next kooks album and thanks very much for letting us see your inspiration
1: hey thank you so much for having me right. really good fun
0: we hope you enjoyed today's edition of my inspiration if you'd like to check out our previous series which includes chats with larue pet shop boys luke evans may martin big nasty and many more You can listen to them all at hmv.com forward slash podcast as well as on all your regular podcast providers. Next week our guest will be Jamie Cullum, who will be opening up about his inspiration, Jazzman Harry Connick Jr.